Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we go over and revisit all those amazing reality shows that only lasted one season. Right now, we're on our series on Kel on Earth. Today, we'll be discussing episode four, Off to London. Love it. It was amazing. It was a really good, funny, lighthearted episode. I'm really loving your softer book on tape voice. Um, Well, I was told by our editor (laughs) (laughs) that my intro was a little loud, so I've been (laughs) trying to take it down a notch. I know, and now I just want to listen to you read, like, as I'm falling asleep at night. Um, All right, well, let's do house cleaning. We don't have a ton because it's only been a week since we last recorded. Look at us all on top of our lives. I know. Um, So I'll do Twitter real quick. There's not a lot. So... Um, Taylor Anderson, our favorite little sleazy tea, um, she tweeted us five days ago and said, I agree about the press release. I had to write and submit many a press release and worked in an office smaller than Kelly's. And I had at least one person superior read it. And then the client had to approve it. So Stephanie is just bad. Thank you, sleazy tea. I would agree. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris M, Mass C1, tweeted and said, he totes, I totes agree with Nana's mink, Frank, ahem, I mean, P-H-R-I-N-C, about the new Queer Eye. Totally not bingeable, because it's way too much gay at one time. Like, I, I know, I'm with you, sister. Um, and then he wrote back and said, that's saying a lot, because I can be too much gay at one time. And I said, same. <laughs> <laughs> I, too, can also be too much gay at one time. Um, Heather Johnson, Gloom Cookie, tweeted us um, and said, What is this chick's problem, and why can't she do the one simple task of putting stamps on envelopes? Kel on Earth. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a head it's scratcher. A, it's impossible. Um, she also said she's dying over the Agent Provocateur collection, the one outfit with the most coverage. The captain outfit has her nipples hanging out of the jacket. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> said, love you, Frank, P-H-R-E-N-C, L-O-L, O-M-G, the Queer Eye episode with the guac is the one I watched, and I made a Kim Solziak reunion face when the Greek yogurt was induced to vomit. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not okay. Um, and then Heather had a suggestion about, she said, uh, our re-Heidi school debt, maybe it was so high because it was super expensive in Italy. Maybe. It's possible. That's right, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Um... And then she also said, you're right again, I really like that designer's clothes. Thought they were really cool and love the patterns. The part over the models had reminded me of a gimp mask, LOL. And I tweeted her the gif of Candy and Nini doing the we see each other. Because <laughs> <laughs> Heather and I have similar taste. Um, let's see. Scrolly, scrolly, scrolly. Um, oh, and then Heather, who's on top of it, was the first one to hit us with the news that Audrina is yes! dating Ryan Cabrera. Did you see what I tagged you in on Facebook today? I did. Yes. I, the yeah, hills yeah. just continues to screw mm-hmm. us over. Well, and I, um, what was the thing that I tagged you in yesterday? I don't know. It was another hills thing, and now I can't remember. I tagged you in it. You should look at your notifications. Okay. Between Spencer and Heidi's podcast and Audrina getting back with Ryan Cabrera, we would have so much to discuss where we were getting so bored. I know. Um, and then Heather asked if she if we think they're the next Rob Valletta and Sheena, and I said only if he can hang a television in seven minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, let's see. And I think and that's it. Oh, you tagged me in Jason Waller's Oh, relapse. About- Yes, his oh, relapse. Oh, that makes me sad for him. I didn't and see this. And not just for three years. He's apparently been drinking for the last three years. Oh. So if, if, if I'm, and Heather can probably correct me on this if I'm wrong. Um, from what I, if you read the statement, it makes it sound like he was sober for four years and then has been off the wagon drinking for the last three and has now just been sober again for like 49 days or something. I yeah. Believe. 
39 days. 39 days. But doesn't oh, they, he run a rehab? Yeah, and he and his wife just had a baby. Yeah, well. Oh, that's sad. He's one of the people I unfollowed to tidy up the Instagram feed when we were done with the hills, and I didn't see that. Oh, we still follow them all on Twitter, and I still follow him on Instagram, so. Instagram just gets, it's not like, I feel like it's, I get annoyed by how clogged it can be. <laughs> well, how many people we follow? It can't be that no, many. No, it's not. I, I still get, like, in my own personal Instagram, I'm the same way. Oh. I follow a, div- like, I only follow people I actually know, because... Yeah, so we've had a lot of hills. So between Audrina getting back together with Ryan and Jason Waller falling off the wagon for three years straight. um, Yeah, Yeah. it's been a very hills heavy week. That's sad. But happy for Audrina. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're at Stagecoach together right now, I saw. Are they? Yeah. Nice. They're living their best like 2008 life, right? Now, I wonder if they've been in contact this whole time. I don't know. Maybe they've been having an affair and that's why Corey freaked out and tried to kill her. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No idea. So, for this week's runway rundown, they're getting shorter, sadly, not longer. And I revealed the best part of Stephanie Skinner's runway rundown last week in that she still works with Emily at EB Consults, which I keep wanting to call EB Worldwide now <laughs> because it cracks me up. So, but anyway, some of the background on Stephanie Skinner she is from a suburb of Chicago. And she graduate, graduated from DePaul in 2005, which made me feel better because she's one year older than me. Um, <laughs> felt like a small victory. She worked at People's Revolution for almost four years total, from being Kelly's assistant to then being like a junior executive or whatever her title is at this point. I actually assistant don't... junior executive, and I have a lot to say about that later. Interesting. Okay. I would have had no idea. Uh, she, no, she's, a, she's a junior account executive. That's right. That's yeah, right. But and I have a lot to say about that later. And they told us in the first episode, she's the first one who's had that title, I think. She's not quite an Emily, but she's more than a Voorhees, which makes sense, actually. She is. No, that's what I have to say later. She's less than a Voorhees because a Voorhees was an account executive and oh she God. is a junior. That's why I, I want to talk oh, about this later, but okay, I have a lot sorry. to say about it. Okay. Um, so anyway, she worked at People's Revolution for almost four years total before joining Emily at EB Consults. From the beginning. And before that, she worked at some other companies um, that I hadn't heard of. One was Dual Star Entertainment, which sounds familiar. I don't know. It sounds like something that plays before you see a movie, like Dual Star Entertainment, or like a TV show. Um, and then she worked at a more socially um, inept PR firm called Socially Acclaimed. And the she is still very good friends with Emily, of course, because they work together. And Michelle, the gum smacker. Uh-huh. So she and Michelle are actually super close, and she was in Michelle's wedding. Um, okay, I'm getting ready to blow your fucking mind. Okay. Um, do you want to know what Dual Star is? Do you want to know who owns Dual Star? Sure, yeah. The Olsen twins. There you go. <laughs> is it their production company? Yes. Yes! Dual Star Entertainment LLC is a privately held American limited liability company owned by Mary-Kate Olsen and Ashley Olsen, which produced movies, TV shows, magazines, video games, etc. Do you know what this says about me, though? And it's totally true. It also is who made all their movies. <laughs> okay. That's what I was going to tell you. I was going to say, I've never seen Dole Star before. Maybe. Okay. This is a really sad truth about me, guys. Even though I'm older than the Olsen twins, when I was in high school, I loved Olsen twin movies on the Disney Channel. They were just like this very comforting tonic for me. That's so weird yeah. and creepy on my part. List them all. Our lips are sealed. Grandmother's house we go. Billboard dad. Double trouble. Toil in trouble. Holiday in the sun. Passport to Paris. It takes two. New York minute. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, but it says it was based in LA, so she must have lived in LA. Well, the Olsen twins live in New York now, though, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were. Oh by Coastal. Skinner worked with the Olsen twins. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's my new winner of Runway Rundown for that yes. alone. So there you have it, guys. Holiday in the Sun was one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can happily say I've never seen an Olsen twin movie. You're, not, you're not missing a damn thing. <laughs> So she's still friends with Michelle and was in Michelle's wedding and was recently at Michelle's baby shower, which I thought was very sweet. I'm glad the gum smacker is living her best life. Nice. Um, Skinner has a rescue dog named Sadie. She Instagrams her a lot. It's very sweet. And it's kind of nice in contrast to Emily. I feel like Skinner has a softer side and somewhat of a life because she will at least take her dog on fun adventures or whatever. She's also very close with her older brother. She posts lots of very touching things to Brian and Brian's her older brother and he recently got married and it seems like it was possibly difficult for Stephanie to absorb, but oh, all right. I'm just making that up. <laughs> so that's the runway rundown on Skinner. I'm doing well, working all the time. Cute dog. Amaze. Yeah, that's that. You ready to dive in to London? I am. All right, let's do it. Notes up top. Mornings, also known as morning scramble, evening scramble. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just like a lot of Voorhees is incompetent and, um. Oh, girl. I feel like that was about it. Oh my God, though. Yeah. It's bad. It is bad. Yeah. And I feel like we should start off this episode by saying this is the first not the first episode, but the episode that we've seen with the most glaring time errors. So I feel like we're going to have a lot of time figuring out what happened before what. And can we also talk how depressing it is that we are halfway done? Yes. There's only eight episodes. I know. So this is four. I know. It's a bummer. However, this episode was better than last week's because we got the assistants back in the mix. Yeah. As much as I love Kelly. Sorry, Andrew Muckamel is funnier, yeah. I think. <laughs> so we opened the episode and Kelly, Robin... Emily, and the woman from Agent Provocateur, Mm -hmm. Julia, right? The blonde woman. They go to Sanctuary Tea. Which which, I think sponsored this episode. Well, it's the bar closest to People's Revolution because back when this show aired live, I looked it up and I wanted to know where it was. (laughs) And it's around the corner. Like, it's just one of those weird Soho restaurants that will always exist. And they are all drinking wine and on their Blackberries and laughing about how they're all on their Blackberries and answering emails. Kelly announces that she has 757 unread messages. And Emily announces that she has 1,131 unread messages. And they say, this is why no guys want to date us. Well, and Kelly says, we're just a bunch of power bitches who have no life. Or we look like a bunch of power bitches who have no life. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I always, like, think it's funny when people... um, pull the I have 8,000 unread emails card because I am a nobody and I don't even use email like ever like period yeah and so a couple years ago I decided that my new year's resolution was that I was going to like clean out my email and I was not like every morning like on my way to work I was going to delete bullshit emails I got over the course of the night I get 60 to 100 just from Pottery Barn and whatever like so yeah a lot of it's junk like, I, I'm, I'm sure that of those 700, some were important, but I think a lot of them were also probably just junk. Well, and in a PR company, a lot of your email is press releases from other PR companies, yeah. and it's really annoying. I'm one of those people, God bless you, Gmail. As soon as I get an annoying email, I say, filter messages like these, because I don't want them. Yeah. Shove them in a folder somewhere, mark them as red. I don't want to see them. That's what, it's really easy. There you go. Yep. So, we are in the office after Sanctuary Tea, that was a quick scene at Sanctuary Tea, and they are doing all this prep 
supposedly before they go to London for London Fashion Week. And they are throwing an event, they keep saying, quote, outside of the city. It's the Hamptons. Yeah, I don't know why they don't just say the Hamptons. I don't know. And we get all this B-roll of Bridgehampton, like we do on The Real Housewives of New York. And they are throwing this event outside of the city for alternative apparel. Note, not American apparel, which I may say later by accident. But very similar cotton tees, tank tops, hoodies. They're eco-oriented, as Kelly says. And Kelly, Robin, and Emily are all going to this event outside the city. And they're also bringing along Stephanie Voorhees and Alita, who is another assistant that we hadn't seen before. And it doesn't say, I guess she's a general assistant, because it doesn't say she's anyone specific's assistant. Right, it just said assistant. So... Then Voorhees starts to have a meltdown, and I'm not entirely sure about what. And Kelly says, well, I expect you to pull together the needs for the client, at the very least. We don't know what those needs are. We don't know what Voorhees is melting down about. And then Stephanie Voorhees, in her confessional, says, everybody works hard at People's Revolution. It's a fashion sweatshop. So she knows she's being a baby, but she can't stop being a baby. Well, and that's when I first noticed that she was an account executive. And later I checked um, Skinner's nameplate and she's a junior. So she's above. I mean, she's below her. That's so backwards. It's so backwards. Yeah. Now I know why Skinner is constantly offended. Uh, Constantly offended. But I also, it it doesn't explain because, you know, later there's the whole thing with like the address bullshit of the designer. Yeah. Like Skinner like kind of gives her, I'm like, she's sort of your boss. She is your boss. Like, why are you getting like, so I, I sort of get Voorhees annoyance with it that Skinner's coming at her like that because she's she's the one who's above her yeah and this is where I had a slight issue with something that Kelly says so she's talking to Alita about how Alita needs to help Voorhees because Voorhees is overwhelmed which she always is and Kelly says that she sees assistants looking pretty and happy and healthy and she sees the senior team really struggling And she said, you seem happy and healthy and we don't. And it should be the other way around in my book. I get what she's saying and I don't entirely disagree. But so my husband owns his own business and he and his partners are there every day busting their ass. And I think when you're the boss, you can be the type of boss that fucks off if you want to look pretty and you trust people to run your business. But I think when you're the boss, you work harder. Well, yes, when you're the boss, you work harder, but I a 10,000% agree what she's saying because I see it at my work. Like I get, I'm in charge of our assistants at work and I get really, really pissed if I'm running around like a chicken with a head cut, my head cut off. Right. And they're like sauntering across the salon and taking their sweet time. And it's no, like that's not. mm -mm. So I get what Kelly is saying. Like they need to be busting their ass. I agree. She has a point, but also like Kelly and Robin and Emily will never not look like shit. They will never not be working their asses off. Like they have more stake to do that. And quite honestly, they should fire Voorhees like uh, as soon as she was hired. Like she can't even put stamps on But see, they weren't, I don't, she wasn't addressing Voorhees. She was addressing the interns. She wasn't yelling at Voorhees. She was yelling at everyone under Voorhees, saying Voorhees is exacerbated. She's having a hard time. Like she, like well, how come my, how come all of the upper level people are f- dying, and all you interns and low level people are like going about your day having a grand old time? Like I, I'm 100 percent with her. Yeah, she's right. 
Well, she was talking to Alita. That was confusing to me, too. Well, because Alita's assistant. Maybe Alita's Voorhees' assistant. Didn't maybe. say who. I mean, she's an assistant. So if, if the person she's assisting shouldn't be having a nervous breakdown, if she's just like, whatever. I agree, and I don't. Because Voorhees melts down over everything. <laughs> oh, true. But I mean, in general, in the office. Like, if you are an underling and everyone above you is ripping their hair out and, like, right. working everyone like a should demon, be busting their ass. Like, you can't that. just be sauntering around the office, like, happy as a clam. I just, I'm not here to stand for Kelly, like, defending Voorhees' meltdown. I don't think she was defending Voorhees' meltdown. I think she was chastising the lower-level people for not busting their ass. Just putting it out there. <laughs> I said I don't entirely disagree with what she's well, saying. Well, have you ever been in charge of anyone? No, thank God. Yeah, see, it's, once you're someone's boss, it's different. Like, I've been someone, I am someone's boss. It's different. Like, it's a whole other ball of wax. I don't want to, ever. It's like a life. <laughs> it's like a life goal. I don't want to. Well, because I think when people like when you get promoted, you manage people, right? To me, that sounds like torture. Like manage, like moving up to me means I get to deal with fewer people, not more. Gotcha. Doesn't it sound nicer that way? Oh, I don't know. I like. I don't mind managing people. <laughs> Some people are really good at it. I don't know that I would be. Anyway, so then Kelly gets ready to go quote out of the city. They still won't tell us where she's going. And she doesn't have time to sit in traffic, so she rents a helicopter. Which I didn't get either, because she says she doesn't have 12 to 20 hours to be traveling. Well, I guess up and back. I was thinking, just well, no, still up and back. The Hamptons is like four hours, so yeah. eight to ten at most if there's traffic round trip. So I don't know where this 20 hours thing came in. Yeah, I also don't understand. I mean, yes, the helicopter's way quicker and go for it, but... Right, and it is kind of badass, but also, why doesn't she just hire a car service or, like, a stretch and do work in the back? I don't get it. Maybe because she could spend the morning with her daughter? I have no idea. I don't know. It seems a bit extreme, and I kind of wanted to look up what it cost, and I forgot. Oh, I know that the Ubercopter is $6,000. Okay. Yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. If Bravo paid for it, or her publisher may have paid for it. Like, maybe, yeah. Or so, the client. Maybe, yeah. And I'm sure the helicopter was full. We only saw Kelly sitting next to her, you know, writer or whatever, but I'm sure they filled every seat. So. Although it looked like a very small helicopter. It did. Usually those Hamptons helicopters are a little bigger. But I would think there were at least five or six people in it. Really? It just looked like a four-seater to me. Two in the front, two in the back. I don't know. <laughs> So, but long story short, she rents a helicopter and she brings the writer of her book with her and she describes it as a no bullshit how to book for the dot, dot, dot. I forget what she said. Well, she for the like modern young woman or something. And did they go back and like change the, because she says in this that it's called, if you want to cry, go outside, go outside, which I, by the way, I started reading and I'm really enjoying it. Yes. Um, but in the clip for next week, she's like, it's called Bitches and Something and Something. So we're definitely out of timeline now because yeah. she has the title yeah, in this episode and apparently does not in the next episode. Right. Can we also talk about her hair in the scene where she's waiting for her helicopter ride? Her hair always looks like shit. Oh my God. It's like a disgust. It looks like a braided rat tail. Yeah. It's really nasty. It looks like it was, like, three weeks dirty. She naturally has very fine, crappy hair, like some people just do. Like, there's not much, a lot you can do. And she does the least with it. I mean, she dyes it black. Yeah. Um, She probably gets it dyed every two weeks, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, And half the time just lets it do its thing. Yeah, Kel didn't look good. Yeah. I mean, not... (laughs) 
I'm not saying she really knocks me over all the time because she doesn't, but the scene where she's waiting for the helicopter was a little bit rough. So then we immediately go to this party in the Hamptons. And oh, I forgot. I had a really quick uh, question for you yes. um, about Alita. Have we seen her before? No. Never. Like, right. that's what I thought. Like, she just yes. appears in one episode. Yes. Weird. Yes. And this timeline is jacked. Yeah, that's right. And weird. I looked up the dates of London Fashion Week and New York Fashion Week, and I'm super confused, and I want to know where this Hamptons event fits. So when is... New York Fashion Week was the first week in September, correct? It was September 10th to September 17th. Okay. London Fashion Week was September 18th to September 22nd. So this... They said it was on a Saturday, so it could have been the Saturday in between. That and, year it was, those right, dates. Right, So this event could have been the Saturday in between, but then Kelly doesn't come back until Monday or Tuesday. What, from the Hamptons? Yeah. I thought she came back Sunday. I thought she came back the very next day. The header on, like, the, the card, the timeline card said two days after Alternative Apparel show. So that would be Sunday, Monday. Well, I mean, maybe they left on Monday? The event was on a Saturday. No, which event? The, the, no, I'm saying maybe they left for London on Monday. Maybe. Because I thought it was New York Fashion Week ended, weekend in the Hamptons, that Monday, off to London. It's possible. But then, through all the scrambling of New York Fashion Week, we didn't see Alita whatsoever. No. Yeah. And then I tried, we'll get, we'll get to it later, but this timeline is pretty screwy. I have a feeling I think this is just the firing episode. Yeah, it like is. Like, they were just like, we're going to do, make yeah. all our firing be in one episode. Yep. So we go to this event in the Hamptons, which they keep saying is to celebrate the end of Fashion Week. So presumably it's the weekend of September 17th. And I have a little issue with that, because she says, like, oh, we wanted to, like, everyone, all the fashion people are exhausted from Fashion Week, and we just wanted to give them a place to, like... You know, some things so they could just relax and kick back and have drinks. No, you're going to drag them all out of the city yeah. four hours to the fucking Hamptons? Like, I thought the same thing. And she also called it lavish. We need to talk about that. It was on a deck. That event looked disgusting. Well, I wouldn't say disgusting, but it was on a deck. It looked like someone's barbecue at a rental house. Oh, I thought it was at the hotel. Like at a wa- like a restaurant, like an outside like seating area at a restaurant, like a deck. Not a lavish one. Lavish was not the adjective. No, it just looked like, yeah, it was like a summer, like, cookout vibe. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, Kelly is wearing a feathered headdress. And she says she's... And so is the designer. So is the designer. And she says she's putting out the tribal fashion vibes. Yeah, so we did not get to hear the R word this issue, I mean, this episode. Right. But we did get some cultural insensitivity. Right. And... Why were the headdresses at this event? How did it go with the event? I don't... I didn't get that either. And only there was the two no... of them were wearing them. And they were never explained. And, like, did he do a Native American-themed fashion show? Like, who the fuck knows? I have a feeling that if it happened today, they would be in a lot of trouble. Right. The other thing about this event that I was confused by, with other events that we've seen, they at least have racks of clothes or tables where you can, like, look at the clothes or whatever... This looked like a private party. It looked like it had nothing to do with clothes. Well, and she at one point says, like, is everyone forgetting that we're here to sell clothes? Yeah. I'm going to go with, yeah, Cal, they are. Yeah. Well, I also feel like they didn't bring any clothes with them. Maybe it was just a brand recognition party. Maybe. It's still, you'd think they would still, like, brand the crap out of it, though. Well, but just, like, um... 
Like, when I've been to, like, charity events and stuff that have been sponsored by people, you'll see branding at the event, but not the actual product. So maybe that's what this was? I mean, I didn't even, I didn't see a step and repeat. I didn't see signs. I didn't see, st- I didn't see anything. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it was just like, hey, um, yeah. their um, alternative apparel is throwing this party for all you guys. Like, come drink and eat and stay in the Hamptons for the weekend on us. Yeah. Well, speaking of... And they probably got, like, bags in their room with, like, a t-shirt and, like... That could be. Sweatpants or the fuck. That could be. So, speaking of drinks, drinks are flying at this party. That's the best part about this party. Allegedly. Like, we see everyone with a drink in their hand, but I did not see anyone acting untowards. Me either. But Kelly says that when they bring staff to parties like this, they're expected to hold their liquor, keep their dresses on, and make it through. Yeah. <laughs> That's the motto of this week's episode. Hold your liquor, keep your dress on, and make it through. That's good. That is good. Yeah. But she implies that Voorhees and Alita are going down. That's what she says. Yeah. Getting taken down. That's what she says. (laughs) But we see no... It's weird. Like, Bravo must have been really short on camera crew, because we got next to no footage of this party. Yeah. We didn't get any footage of the two girls being sloppy in the slightest. They're just standing there talking. Yeah. Um, it was strange. Well, this may have been a logistical nightmare now that we're looking at the timeline. They still could have been doing things in the city. Then they've got this Hamptons thing. And then all of a sudden they're going to London. So who knows? Um, so we end the teeny weeny very short. You know what else though about this Hamptons thing? I just thought of, um, it's very possible too, that the reason that we didn't see any clothes that, you know, a part of this whole deal was Kelly getting her clients on TV. So oh, I'm sure with this alternative apparel, it's like, we'll throw this little party. We'll get your name on Bravo. People look up your clothes. Like that may have been the purpose of it. Good point. <laughs> I forget that what we're discussing here is television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go back to the office and Robin is yelling at Andrew about booking tickets to London. Not yelling. She's sassing, supposedly. And so then the, the printer has problems. Well, and this is where we're in a real timeline muckamel, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, because <laughs> the ticket should have been booked like a month ago. I mean, you don't book tickets the day before and to an Ro- event you know you've been going to. And Robin got back from the Hamptons in about 30 seconds. I thought she didn't go. She, she's there at the party. I thought then Emily didn't go? One of them didn't go. Because she Emily says... Emily was there. No, no, Robin wasn't there. Okay. It, for 100%, because they said Emily... At, Robin stayed back... Emily and Kelly went. Okay. Robin did not go. Okay. All right. So, Andrew Muckamel starts talking about how when he started working at People's Revolution, he and Andrew Serrano didn't mesh that well. (laughs) They're not really of the same breed, is what he says. And he says that Andrew Serrano is really gay and really tan and bubbly and flaming, and he has Britney Spears tattoos on him. Um, Heather, plug your ears. Because I have something to say. Um, <laughs> Heather is a Britney super fan, so. Oh. Um, I, he is ridiculous. And yeah. the fact that he got the words to Stronger tattooed on his wrist. I, and not even good tattoos. No, they're not even cool. No. Uh-uh. I mean, like, the font is terrible. Yes. And it looks like a child did it. And yes. Yeah. Speaking of Olsen twin movies, yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like on his wrist. Not good. And I wonder how he's feeling about that decision today. Yeah. I wonder that too, and I'm going to try and find those tattoos in the His Runway Rundown. 
And one wrist, for those of you who maybe aren't watching or haven't seen yet, one wrist says stronger than yesterday. And then the other wrist says, now it's nothing but my way. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a rough combo. Now, I will give him this. Stronger is probably the only Britney Spears song that I actually like. And I did one time do a very empowered walk through a casino floor to it um, <laughs> in Atlantic City. Um, but, um, yeah, not so much, no. I find the Now It's Nothing But My Way the stranger one. I feel like there are other lyrics, like, Stronger Than Yesterday. Okay. Well, that's that, the, the lyric. I know. I just... I don't know. It's it's rough. It's just rough. That's all I have to say about it. So I mean, I guess it could be worse. They could say like "Hit me, baby," and one more time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh boy. So okay, Heather, unplug your ears now. And so then, um, Muckamel says that sharing misery brings people together, which is really sweet. And they do seem to get along quite well. And you see them like trying to like assemble and disassemble this printer to figure out what's wrong with it. They both have no idea. Like they're taking off parts and shaking them in the air. Yeah. I mean, even like, I know nothing about the printer at work, but even I know you can't just like shake the ink cartridge and hope for the best. No. And then Andrew Muckomel like puts his fist in the air all frustrated. He says, I hate these Boxes of plastic that we rely on. It's so true. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a joke in there. Like, how many fashion homos does it take to fix a printer? Obviously more than two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So then two days later is what the timestamp says. Kelly shows up at the office from the Hamptons, sunburned, and she says that she looks like George Hamilton's lost sister from some really cheap beach town. <laughs> she totally does. Yes, she does. She does not look well. And I, I forgot to, since, I mean, I watched this twice, you used to watch this twice, and both times I forgot to check London and see if she still looks sunburned. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think she did. I don't remember her looking sunburned. I'm telling you, the timeline is out of whack in this one. So do you think this was, like, winter fashion week in London? No, it wasn't cold. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Or do we think this party was, like, a month before fashion week? I was thinking that this party was even further. Like, I was thinking the party was maybe even possibly after London. But then that doesn't make sense. You couldn't get sunburn in October. I don't know. But then it doesn't really make sense when we see who's left in the office scrambling. Yeah, I don't. It's right. weird. Right. But I don't think she looked sunburned when she... Uh, well, her face. I don't I don't know. I don't think she looked sunburned when they were <laughs> I also London. feel like Kelly's a vampire and like she could go back to pale like overnight. True. <laughs> <laughs> so then as after Kelly sits down, who is reading the article out loud? Is it Michelle? From page six. Yeah, it wasn't Robin or Emily. Yeah, I think it was Michelle. I think it was Michelle. So Michelle is reading a snippet from page six online about how after the alternative apparel show, someone broke in to the hotel and stole alcohol and it was caught on security camera. So people, it must have come up. They saw it's like a champagne and beer. Yeah. yeah. So it must have come up in people's revolutions, Google alerts. And I tried to find this article so hard because it was going to bust a hole in whatever this timeline is. I couldn't find it. I could not find it. The like page six online archives like did not go that far back from what I could find. And I was pissed. They don't go back eight years. I, 
it would take me like a day to try and do it, but I gave it a solid like 30 to 40 minutes and I couldn't find it. Wow. Yeah. Because Kelly's in page six a lot, but I couldn't find any mention of that. Were you looking for her or were you looking for the clothing oh, company? I, I looked for, for everything, all kinds of course, things. Yeah. And there are, you know, there are a lot of old blogs like we found with the Hills a lot from like fans who would write about the episode. Same thing. Nothing hyperlinked to page six. Interesting. I know. I tried really hard. <laughs> but but I don't think People's Revolution was mentioned in the page six article. Right. So I look, I mean, I looked for, I looked for all kinds of stuff. No, but I'm saying that's why it wouldn't be linked to articles about like people writing out the show. Like I, I think that probably, um, the hotel was mentioned and we, we never got ha- the name of the hotel. Right. Right. So when I looked up the clothing company, they had like nothing in page six, but then so super fans who blog, they always do like blog about the designers or include photos or whatever. And I thought that maybe one of them oh, had tracked oh. it down at the time gotcha. and linked to it and they didn't. So the interesting thing about this is they call the break in Rambo style, which I think is really funny. And then somebody says, I think it's Robin. She says, weird. Does anybody know who it was? And Voorhees says, yeah, Alita knows him. I didn't think that was cool. They seem to be buddies. I don't know. I mean, I'm on Voorhees' side on this one because what if it came back? I mean, eventually they caught him. Right. So eventually it was going to come back that Alita knew him and Voorhees was with Alita and I, shit rolls downhill. Like I wouldn't want to be like, go down with her. True. It's still interesting though, because and then later in the episode when Voorhees kind of knows she's going downhill too, I'm very confused as to why she maybe she was trying to save her ass with that. But we sort of determined that she was fired first. Yeah, I don't know, man. She's just very quick to be like, "Oh yeah, Lita knows him." <laughs> well, but I also don't think she said it like in a Lita knows him and Lita's going to be in trouble way. Just like, "Oh, yeah, Lita knows that guy." I don't know. It's iffy. If I were Alita, though, I would have been like, you bitch. (laughs) So then there's this big conversation about the higher ups are talking about Alita and how it's just not a good look. And it's not. She wasn't mentioned in the page six article, though. No. And well, and they're they're talking about it right in front of her. And we never really establish. And I, I do think Alita got a little bit of the short end of the stick in this one, because I don't think it was her friend. I think it was like she had friends there. They met this dude. He did his stealing, told them about it after the fact. Yes. And then just because she was hanging out with him, she, I mean, yeah, she did the wrong thing. She should have immediately come to Kelly, whomever. I mean, like, I met this guy last night and he said he stole alcohol from the hotel. Like, yeah, that's not cool. We should turn him in. Like, that's where she is faulted. But it's not like she brought him to the event. No, no. And Kelly's really upset and doesn't want to fire Alita, which I also found interesting. She um, makes a sad face. Kelly she, doesn't fire anyone. Yeah. She makes puppy face. Like she sticks out her bottom lip and she says, I don't want to fire her. Okay. For a power bitch, I think you would almost delight in that. Well, but doesn't she, I mean, let's think about this. She didn't fire anyone in the hills either. She made Lauren do it. That's true. A lot of times power bitches don't like confrontation as much as they say, and they don't like to deal with emotion. I worked with this woman who was literally the meanest person I've ever met. I, like, I now that I'm older, I've appreciated her a little bit more. But she was basically the Kelly Catron of hair. Like, she would <laughs> come... One time, I was cutting someone's hair, 
and she came over and grabbed the scissors out of my hand. I was working on a client and was like, what do you think you're doing? I mean, like, that kind of person. So she's a Kelly Catrone. But if you ever turned it back around on her, complete breakdown. And she also never fired anyone. She made my other boss do it. She would not fire anyone. So I think there is this, like, I don't want to be seen as a bad... Like, I want to be the boss bitch, but I also want to keep my hands clean thing going on. Yeah, no, And I think Kelly has it. Yeah, she wants to deal with fewer people, not more. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So then Ava stops by briefly to the office, and... Then you get Kelly in her confessional talking about how she told Robin and Emily to lower the boom on Alita. She wasn't going to do it because she was going to a Jonas Brothers concert. Yep. With Ava. With Ava. And so then there's this weird scene where... (gasps) We should look up and see when the Jonas Brothers concert is. Was. Okay. Maybe that will help with this massive timeline horror. Okay. Um, But then there's this really weird scene with... Kelly walking down the street with Ava talking to Ava about how sad it is that Alita is going to be fired. And Kelly saying, I know you're good friends with her and you can still be friends with her. I know I put in my notes. I thought it was a little weird that Ava is knows this girl's getting fired before the girl knows she's getting fired. Yeah. Like that's a little weird. And obviously she's seven. Um, well, no, I mean, I think that if she is friendly with people in the office, Kelly needs to say like, Hey, by the way, after the fact, like, we had to let her go. I mean, she needs to explain to her daughter why people in her lives are disappearing. She, that's right. But she shouldn't have told Ava before she even knew if she was actually getting fired. And before um, Alita even knew. Yeah. Right. No, and it's... I, it made me wonder how long Alita's worked there. The fact that Ava loves her and whatever, like... I know kids get attached Well, she's quickly. a seven-year-old and she's 22. I'm sure, like, within two weeks. She's like, she's fine and she gives me Cedar's Fish. Still like, made me wonder because we hadn't seen Alita before. All right, hold on. This is going to take a minute on the Jonas Brothers thing. Um, But yeah, I just thought that was weird. And it also goes to show that I think she definitely 100% knew... She, I don't know why she was beating around the bush with, like, she might be fired. Um, and Ava asks questions and says, like, why? And Kelly basically just says that, like, oh, she wasn't that great at her job and she needs to go work somewhere where it's a little less stressful. Which I think is true for Voorhees, but I don't know if it was true for Alita. Because Alita didn't seem stressed out and crazy. No. And I would love to know, besides this, like, talking to someone who stole booze thing she's done that was untowards. Right. Because I feel like we haven't gotten anything about... I mean, I I need a little more backstory. I need to know what else bad she did. Um, And I thought she handled her actual firing very um, gracefully. I do, too. I think she... And even when it first came up with page six, I thought she handled it really well. She said, Robin, I would like to talk to you about it at some point and explain myself. Yeah, she brought it up before Robin even had a chance to. Yeah. That Robin says, hold off, we'll talk about it later. They go back and she talks with Robin and Emily. And they basically say, like, this is bad for our brand. It's a bad image. We can't really have this happening. And she owns it and says, like, you know, I messed up. I did a bad thing. Like, I I used a bad judgment. Um, I wish I could take it back, but I can't. Um, well, and, now I know why Kelly likes her over Voorhees. I yeah. feel like she takes responsibility really well. And they're just like, you know, sorry, you gotta go. And she packs up her stuff. They offered to have someone help her, and she says no, and she leaves. But she doesn't cry. She doesn't become hysterical. She owns her mistake. Um, she thanks them for the opportunity to work with them. 
Um, like all in all, I thought it was a very classy exit. Yeah. And she even said like this last week has been really eye opening or something. And I think she means fashion week. Like she learned a lot working there. Um, and also this is when we got the, the nameplate for Skinner that said junior account executive. And that's why I figured out that she was, or he's his underling. Okay. Um, so what's really interesting about this Jonas Brothers thing. <laughs> now I'm getting pissed. Let me see. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would assume it was at Madison Square Garden. Me too. And... East Rutherford, New Jersey, maybe? Maybe. That would have been in July. They were too heavily dressed for July. Okay. Like, they had coats and stuff. Where's Uniondale? I don't know. Long Island. Also July. Auburn Hills, no. Then they were, then the Jonas Brothers were in Mexico. Then they were in Sacramento, Fresno, LA, Glendale, San Antonio, Houston, New Orleans, Birmingham, Tampa, Charlotte, Atlanta, Lexington, Nashville, Columbus, Cleveland, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. Mohegan Suns in Connecticut. But it's, that's not that close. I mean, it's not super far. You think she took her to a show in Connecticut? I mean, anything is possible. All right. Well, I don't see Madison Square Garden in their 2009 tour list. I mean, may- knowing Kelly, maybe it was some, like, secret in- indie show. Or maybe it was, like, an episode of TRL or something. Oh, Maybe. Like, maybe it was, like, a smaller show that Kelly got, like, a press pass. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. a little, like, indie, like, just people in the know, low-key show. It is interesting, though, that in fall of 2009, the Jonas Brothers were abroad. That's all I'm saying. Really? Yeah, their their big U.S. tour was summer. Oh, my God, this makes no sense, then. hmm So, as of, they went abroad. Their last U.S. show was October 10th. Oh. But they were in Canada in August. Where were they in September? No dates in September. August 31st through October 9th. There's a big gap. So where were they October 9th? Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. That had to be it. Gross. That had to be it. I guess so. I like that we always say we want to keep episodes short and we don't want to waste time, but then I will troll a Jonas Brothers Wikipedia page for 15 minutes. True. Um, (laughs) So then that would have been... So maybe this thing was after London Fashion Week then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because what day of the week was that? Oh, God. Thank God I didn't close that. (laughs) Um, October 9th, 2009... They did two days, so let's see. I can't believe what lengths we will go to. Because <laughs> Kelly wasn't sunburned for that. <laughs> no, not. But oh how long did this Page Six article take to come out? By the time she got back, two days later, that, that's the scene. When it said two days after show. No, 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 but I'm saying, like, how long between that and her firing did this? I mean. So October 9th and 10th was a Friday, Saturday. So maybe the weekend before? 
<laughs> I'm so confused. I know. I'm telling you this episode. But she was gone by the time they went to London. I don't. I don't understand. I am really good. Con- well, maybe. But you said that there were no dates listed between August 31st and then, correct? In the American tour, right? So she did both fashion weeks and then took Ava to. Yeah, so, but I mean, it's very possible there was some indie performance that, like, only people in the know got to go to, and she took Ava. Right. And that's why it wouldn't be listed. Right. That had to be it. Because there's no way. I also don't think Kelly would take the time to go to Mohegan Sun. Probably not, no. Not unless she and Ava if got If any on Jonas a- Brothers are out there listening, yeah, or their respective wives and girlfriends, yeah. could you please let us know what show Kelly Catron went to with her daughter in 2009? Because we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but long story short of the Alita thing too, I found it was interesting when Voorhees says, I feel bad for Alita, you know, she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's like, well, you really enjoyed dropping her name far ahead of your own. Yeah. So then another thing that really threw a wrench in the timeline of this episode, and I'm not going to go down another Wikipedia black hole, I promise, is with this kerfuffle over the address. And Voorhees asking Skinner for the address. Did Uh you hear whose address it was? It was what's-his-face. It was Delphine. Yeah. Because they were, like, bringing samples, like, back to Delphine. It was something related to his show. Oh, I thought it was returning stuff from the show. I don't know. But they went back to Delphine, and I would think, you know, a few weeks after Fashion Week, accounts are settled there, so I don't know. Definitely a flashback. So... Again, Voorhees has a little meltdown and she calls her mom and dad and goes upstairs to talk on the phone. And it's interesting, as much as she's been making mistakes, I found this a little out of nowhere. (laughs) Even though I know that she was... Oh, my note was Voorhees goes down in flames in the most beautiful way possible. Yeah, I mean, it's admirable. (laughs) It was a beautiful disaster. It was, (laughs) but it came, like the timing was just kind of interesting the way it was cut into the episode. Yeah. So she talks to her mom and dad and she says she really doesn't want to quit, but she doesn't want to get yelled at every day and she knows she's making mistakes and whatever. So then I don't know what her mom and dad said to her, but she comes down. Do you know she called Emily Emma by accident? Oh, she did. Or she called her M and then happened to say Ma at the end. But I was like, you're about to get fired if you don't get her name (laughs) right. And she says, "Um, so I know I'm about to be fired. And then what does she say? She says, I know I'm about to be fired, so I just like to go over a list of things so that, you know, you're not yes. left in the lurch. Yes. So, I want to know when she quit. I think right then. No, but I mean, like, where in the fashion weeks, like, where in the timeline did she quit? I have a feeling that that happened, and they said, you're, you're right, like, your things are not going well here. Just hang on through the end of fashion week. Yeah. It seemed like it was pre-fashion week and they said, give us one more week. Yeah. And Kelly weirdly says, like, I'm going to make sure you're paid through the rest of the day. Yeah. Which, I mean, and that's the other thing. Are they hourly? Are they salaried? Are they what? I have no idea. Because the other thing about Skinner working so much, like, it's a fuck all either way. Because either she's working a ton for free because she's salaried, or she is costing them a fortune in overtime Because she's hourly and she's clocked in so much. Yeah. So either she's getting screwed or she's costing them a fortune. And I can't... I'm sure they're fine if she's getting screwed. But if she's costing them a fortune, I can't... I'm going to go with, I think, Skinner's being screwed. 
I would have thought so too, but I thought it was weird that Kelly was like, I'll see you get paid for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like if you're, I'm assuming if Skinner is salaried, then Voorhees is for sure salaried. And if you leave halfway through the day, I'm sure she had a little sick leave, pay time off, whatever accrued. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but I did like that in Voorhees confessional, she says, you know, like, I just didn't want to be yelled at every day. I knew I was making mistakes and I was exhausted and you know, I couldn't even do this if I were Superman on amphetamines. Yeah, and I liked that she um, basically, I feel like was kind of throwing them under the bus and telling them they all use Adderall, which I'm sure they do, to, like, make it through the day, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also interesting when she has her final talk with Robin and Emily, and they say that she knew what she was getting into with the high pressure of the job and that she just wasn't able to provide the strong support system that they really needed. And that much is obvious. Um, and then Kelly, who has actually been pretty like defensive of Voorhees with the like paying her and like listening to her problems. <laughs> Kelly says it's obvious her best isn't good enough. Like, well, why weren't you like trying to tell her that she was fucking up a little more directly? Cause you're the only one she seems to listen to. She doesn't listen to Emily. Because again, I think that yeah. as much as she likes to be a power bitch, she doesn't like to be the bad guy. Yeah. She likes to like do a drive by. She likes to come in and be like, and yell at everybody. And then like boot scoot out of the room and not have to deal with the aftermath. Yeah, totally. And if she was to like sit down with her and deal with it, she'd have to deal with the aftermath. Yep. So then Skinner announces to the office after Voorhees is fired to direct all of Voorhees' calls to Skinner. And then she does a little dance and fist pump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess kudos. I mean, she's a better worker than Voorhees was and Voorhees outranked her. That would be annoying. Now, this is, I have a total, again, this is going to take us down, a, not that long of an aside rabbit hole. But um, when they were doing the firing and they were in that room with like just cartons among cartons and shelves of folded t-shirts behind them what are they doing with all the clothes i don't they're know they're a pr firm like there are so many clothes in that office i don't know and that, they don't make clothes no okay this is a perfect segue into the scene where kelly's packing as well well at least that's <laughs> in her house i know but as someone who sells clothes from fashion designers for a living that's pretty much what she's doing i've never seen someone treat nice labeled clothes so shitty on television. Oh, well, I have. Not on television, but in real life. People with a lot of money who have they don't nice... Care. They don't give a shit. Yeah. They do not give a shit. But someone in fashion PR with, like, the respect for the designers, I would expect Kelly to just, like... I don't... I don't know. She's, like... Her drawers are open and clothes are bursting out of them. It's disgusting. Yeah. And then she was, like, Prada, Burberry, Stella McCartney, and I was, like... <gasps> well, but what I was laughing about, and I wrote that... She, everything she wears looks like it's from H&M. I know. Like, why are you, I mean, I'm sure she gets a discount, whatever she, she's fashion, but like you, I cannot tell the difference between her black shapeless tunics. Like that could be anything. It doesn't look designer. It doesn't look, I mean, she's got some nice leather jackets, but like other than that, it's like, honey. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, it was tough for me. Her apartment was not yeah. pulled together and I get that it suits her personality. If her apartment were super clean, that almost wouldn't make sense. But then when she was naming off the labels of her clothes as she was packing and I was watching them literally draped over drawers and chairs and oof, oof. yikes. So long story short, she's packing to go to London and she needs Andrew and Skinner to help her apparently. 
one assistant is not enough. She needs two. Oh, I just thought of something. Yeah. Um, she didn't work for clothes, but Sleazy T used to work in PR. Maybe she would know why there are 8 million pounds of clothes in um, Kelly's office. So if you know, Taylor, let us know. Yeah. The other thought would be, so it's not the showrooms, right? You're talking about the like back room that was just like storage and stuff. But they were little, I mean, you saw the wall. It was, yeah. I'm assuming it was t-shirts and they were folded and they were very flat. It was cotton something. Yeah. And there, I, there had to be a thousand. Yeah. No, never mind. I don't know. I got nothing. So, any notes about when they leave for London? I don't really have anything. I mean, other than I was shocked that she has that many high-end clothes and still looks like a bag woman from H&M, but... Yeah. She really does. I mean, I've never seen her in something and been like, oh my god, that's a beautiful piece, or that's amazing. It's like, okay. No, I think you hit the nail on the head with her leather jacket. Like, that's... Yeah, she's got nice leather jackets. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the plus side, though, is you can dress like a comfortable schlub if it says Prada on it. <laughs> totally. I mean, I think, I think we knew that though. Yeah. Yeah. So then the senior staff leaves for London and we get this amazing moment with Skinner. Oh, I did have something else to say. Okay. I forgot because there's a whole bunch about, um, Ava and Ilario, her dad. They have a big concession and Kelly talks about like their dynamic and whatever. Um, and she says, you know, the nice thing about, you know, I met him in France and, um, you know, now he's in London and that's the nice thing about going to London is that I can occasionally see him when I go there. I want to know, I need to know more. I need to know if he f- supports financially, I mean, Ava financially. I need to know how much Ava sees him. I need to know, like, I feel like none of that was covered. I mean, Kelly likes to act like they're this bon vivant, like, new modern family dynamic, but I get the feeling that he's barely in Ava's life. Yeah. I can look him up. We can find out what he was doing. Um, But I would agree. I think they kind of have this fun, like reminiscent relationship in a way, but they clearly ended badly. Yeah. She was fully expecting and he left her and moved back halfway across the world. So Oh, I got the impression that they broke up and she found out she was pregnant. I I don't know. She said they broke up while she was pregnant. Well yes, but I don't think she knew she was pregnant because she said she's like most people, you know, when they break up they try to figure out how to coexist over like drinks and dinner and she's like but I found out I was pregnant so we had to do it over a baby like I just got the impression that like the breakup had either happened or was in the process of happening while she found out she was pregnant maybe I also realized that so Kelly is 44 as she said in the last episode and Ava's seven she got pregnant at 37 yeah well it was an accident I'm just saying though like that's it's not that easy (laughs) apparently it is yeah I guess it is for Kelly so We get this amazing moment back in the office after the senior team leaves of Michelle, the gum chewer, Skinner, and Muckamel all on a conference (laughs) call together in the office talking about how screwed they are that the senior staff is gone and how much work they have to do. So then their workload has tripled because everyone got fired and the senior team just leaves and basically tells them all to deal with it, which is a little terrifying. And there's a box of cookies from somewhere that someone has had delivered, maybe a client like sent them a thank you or something weird. I'm sure. That's what it, it looked like a gift box of some kind. And they all just stand around eating cookies out of stress. <laughs> I only saw Skinner eating cookies. I didn't see anyone else with a cookie. I think Andrew said that he had had one. Oh, he did. Macamel. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden Serrano gets really stressed and he puts his hands up and he, he looks like he's having a panic attack for a second. And 
Robin sent him an email after she left the office saying, by the way, get tickets to shows for these two editors. Meaning all these shows in London that start tomorrow, you need to get them tickets. And I, I do feel kind of bad for him. He, he freaks out because he knows he's going to be in deep shit if he doesn't get these editors, who, by the way, are from Vogue.com and Interview Magazine. Pretty noteworthy. And also, they didn't give us a timestamp, but I'm assuming it was probably too late for him to do anything in London. Yes, that's I'm what sure he... I'm sure it's like midnight. No, that's what he was freaking out about. He said the RSVP lines are closed. He... So he starts having a panic attack and he starts crying and everybody has sympathy for him until his bronzer is running off his face and then they stand and laugh at him. Yeah, especially Skinner. <laughs> also, with someone who tans that much, why is he putting bronzer on top of it? Oh, God. Oh, because he hasn't had time to tan, which we see later. Yeah. And in his and, confessional... And 2009. Yeah. Well, and in his confessional, when he talks about this, he is in blackface. Oh, my God. He obviously made it back to the tanning booth. He made it to the surface of the fucking sun. Yeah. He is in blackface. <laughs> yeah. Luann. Yeah. I know. It's insane. Yeah. Like, no one needs to be that. And I, this is, I'm someone who used to be a big tanner. Um, and I have learned the error of my ways. And I still tan my body a little bit, but I put a lot of heavy stuff on my face. But, um, geez, dude, I mean, he's a tannerexic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is bad. It's really bad. Real bad. Yeah. So then we are with the senior team in London. Kelly says that, you know what a disco nap is? Well, we take disco vacations. I wouldn't call what they're doing a vacation. Well, I don't think we got to see what they did. And see, this bothers me because it contradicts everything she told Alita and talked about Alita. When she was just like, when they were, well, the, the rest of the crew was like, this is a work event. You're here to work. When you're working, you're working. And da 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 da. And now Kelly's like, we're fashion bitch party girls and we have to mix our fun in with our, our vacations in with our work. So like we go to the fashion shows and then we basically party at night. And you just fired someone for doing that. Yeah. So contradict much? Yeah. And notice, although her wish has come true and now the junior team is sweating their balls yeah. off back <laughs> in New York. So there you go. So the other thing I found interesting is we immediately meet in the um, hotel lobby, Ava's dad, Alario. Mm -hmm. She introduces him to Emily as this is my daughter's father. Yes. Why doesn't she just say Ava? Emily sees Ava like a million times a day. I don't know. I thought it was just like a weird, Yeah, it's a weird turn of phrase. Kelly frequently does things like that though. She likes a weird turn of phrase for no reason. I think she thinks she's being formal. I don't, who knows? Yeah. So then Kelly talks about how people always think that she and Ilario have this magic chemistry. I think she's kind of patting herself on the back a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't, they have a sweet relationship, but I wasn't, I didn't see a lot of sparks. And she said, she laughs and she says, well, we've never even lived together with our baby. So. We've never even lived together, period. They lived together, like, I think once they broke up, she found she was pregnant. They were already not living together. I think they had like a tryst when she was in Paris where she might consider them living together. Oh, I thought she full on said we've never even lived together. No, she said we never lived together with our baby. Oh. Yeah. And then they call Ava and Ava's like asleep and she's not having it. So then we are back in New York and we see... Well, wait a minute. I just thought about that too. What the fuck time is it? London's five hours ahead. No, I know. But it seemed like the middle of the day. Oh no, I guess that would make sense. So I It was I like forgot. lunchtime in London. And, and sometimes called... it's six hours ahead. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, never mind. I mean, that's right. So they called Ava at like six or seven a.m. Yeah. and she was pissed. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we go back to New York and Andrew Muckamel is, <laughs> he's interviewing people to try and fill some of the gaps that all of this firing has left. And we get a nice montage of him asking people what their experience in PR is. Well, and I don't get, like, he's reading a resume and one guy says that he's 6'3", weighed 200 pounds and can carry heavy stuff. Why don't we see him? Yeah. Why don't they call him in? Like, at least just to look at him. Yeah. So, one- and, and also, I'm a, I, I, it, I'm a little skeptical that someone as type A as Kelly and Robin and Emily would allow would, them to do any yeah, hiring. that would allow them to hire anybody. I'm wondering if the interviews were already set up. Like, if they had already been vetted and they were like, Andrew Skinner, interview these three people while we're gone. Yeah, maybe. Like, preliminary. Because his phone presence, talking to these interviewees, was the most unprofessional. He's like, so I got your uh, email, um, like, resume. Like, would you like to, like, uh, yeah. maybe, like, uh, come in? I don't know if maybe... I, I, I mean, Kelly should fire him for that alone. Yeah, yeah. So then we get this scene of this young woman named Virginia and she worked fashion week for another company. And he says like, cool, start on Monday. And she seemed on top of it. She had a long resume. She knew what she was talking about. She answered all the questions properly. No one should have a five page resume. Side and bar. Unless you're like a PhD. And even then probably not. <laughs> well, in fashion though, I mean, that would be a good thing. No. Why no? No, resumes should never be that long. She's also, like, straight out of college. I think it depends what your job is. In my industry, the longer the resume, the better. All right. I'm just... And fashion's similar. Like, you would be like, oh, I interned at Vogue. I did this. 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 I'm not going to back you up on this one because later in the episode, when they make fun of her, they rip it in half and make fun of the fact that it's five pages long. I don't think they were making fun of the fact oh, that they totally were. He was like, so I'll see you in your five page resume. I think in fashion, like the longer your resume, the better it is. Everyone weigh in. No. I'm going to do an online poll. Who's right? Me or Mayor? <laughs> Everybody likes you better. You're going to win. That's bullshit. <laughs> but it's the same thing like in the restaurant industry. Someone wants someone with like a ton of experience. I, I agree, but I also think when you interview someone, you discuss your previous experience. Like, I have a friend who works in HR, and, like, resumes are, like, a formality. Like, if someone submits a five-page one, she would throw it in the trash. But HR in what kind of field? Like, she's worked in several fields. I'm just saying. I think a traditional office is different than, like, fashion or hair or things like that. <laughs> they celebrate the fact that they get to rip it in half at the end of the episode. Well, they rip it in half because she's an idiot and she fucked up. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, for a 22-year-old with a five-page resume, that to me means you've been fired a fuck ton. Oh, all right. I, don't, I, I disagree, but... Okay. How many, how many successful jobs could she have had if she's that young? Well, no, no, no. But when you have a resume that long, it's not about necessarily how many jobs you've had. It's what you've done at those jobs. So it could be, I worked at this job, and I got the clothes together. I did this fashion show. I've worked 15 different fashion shows. You list all the fashion shows you worked. These are the, these are the fashion weeks. I mean, that's what you do. I mean, that's, that's how it gets long. It could be two jobs, but three, in those two jobs, she did 20 things. Like, you itemize all of the things you've done in fashion at those jobs. It's not like a regular job where you just say like, oh, I worked here from this day to this day and my job was, you know, inputting data or whatever. You specifically do all that. Like she could do, while I was at this company, I worked for Prada, like all that stuff. I get what you're saying. We have to agree to disagree. Okay. It's like our fifth black hole of this episode and I'm (laughs) tempted to edit out this whole section because it's boring. Fair enough. (laughs) Long story short, Virginia's going to start on Monday. Yes. Apparently. So then we go to London and we meet Henry Holland, who has had too much coffee. 
and from the House of Holland. Yes, and Kelly and Co are in charge of seating for the American press. Which I thought this was a little weird because Kelly's never had to work with foreign press at the American fashion shows. It's not like they sent a like not foreign press, a foreign PR person. So it's not like when she was doing Daphne Delphine, like there was a Spanish PR person. I know helping with the Spanish press. Like I just thought it was strange. My other question is, why did all three of them need to go? Oh, I think they wanted to. I don't think right. it was a need to go. I think right. they wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see Emily there. Yeah. I saw, just... I saw Robin actually working and Kelly was working. And I am a little, con- like, we'll, we'll talk about it a, in a little bit later when we get to the actual fashion show, but I'm a little leery about how much work Kelly actually did. But I just thought it was strange. Yeah. No, I agree. There you go. We agree on something today. <laughs> um, I also looked up his clothes because I liked the collection. Yeah. And I looked up his men's clothes and they're stupid. Yeah. His current collection is just these really expensive like silkscreen tees for men that say like um like internet slang like dtf irl and things like that it's pretty like for a hundred bucks it's stupid (laughs) and blow me one of them said blow me i don't oh yeah all righty so then we go back to new york and skinner is on twitter and she searches people's revolution And the new girl with the awesome resume has tweeted her entire interview experience. And a lot about Bravo. Yes. Not so much about, I mean, people's others, but more like, I'm going to be on TV. Yes. And so then they call her and tell her that she will not be hired. And Skinner says, we're going to have to decline you to come in. I think you just rescind the offer. Yeah. You say we're rescinding the offer. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Decline and you to come in. Also, um, I think that this whole thing, like, it kind of doesn't make sense to me because um, I got to be on Top Chef because of someone from Book Club um, knew somebody. And so we all got, when Top Chef was in D.C., we all got to go and, like, eat the food and whatever the fuck. That's fun. It was fun. Um, only my arm made it on television, but whatever. Um, but I had to sign like an 8 million page. Tipsy Elves made me sign this 8 million page long NDA thing. Like I couldn't tweet. I couldn't talk about it. Like nothing. So I know this bitch before she came into the office, they made her sign the same paper. Like this wasn't even a people's rev thing. Like Bravo would have fired her. So I don't know what she was thinking. (laughs) She didn't learn that in all her really valuable job experience. Apparently she didn't. (laughs) Well, she's never worked for Bravo. Oh, God. So then we have to go watch Serrano Tan. Ugh. I don't have much to say about that. It's gross. He hadn't been in four days, and he freaked out about it, and it was gross. Then we go back to London briefly, and we get to see Kelly and Ilario call Ava again. Did you notice how big his hands were? Um, all I wrote in my notes was that he reminds me of... I don't find him that attractive. No. But a more attractive version of Mr. Bean. <laughs> I actually get kind of like a caveman, like, almost like the, what car company has the caveman? Is that also Geico? Yeah. Yeah. He's got this weird, like, Neanderthal look to him a little, like he's got like a weird forehead or something. Yeah. And he's holding the iPhone while he talks to Ava. The iPhone in his hand looks like an NBA player holding a bar of soap. Well, but remember, iPhones back then were a lot smaller. But it's still, like, I almost wanted to screen grab it. It's ridiculous. His hand is massive. He must be a really tall dude. He is tall. I guess so, yeah. He's, like, tall and lanky, which I don't like, which is part of the reason why I'm like, yeah. Um, But, yeah, he just reminded (laughs) me of Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. (laughs) Oh, God. So then we go back to New York, and 
Mechamel wants to leave work early because Kelly and Robin and Emily told them they could close the office at four that day. Just because I guess it was like the end of a really long week. And so Andrew really wants to leave early and take advantage as well. He should, because the bosses told him that he, they could. And Skinner can't leave. She has too much to do. I also really want to know what, when they work. Is it every day? Are they off on weekends? Are they off on Monday? Like what? I would love to know the hours of this company. I know. I have no idea. I mean, I would think it would be like a weekends when necessary, but I feel like a PR company is still very much a Monday through Friday. I would have thought so too, but it just seems like they're there all the time. That's when news wires are open and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, poor Stephanie, despite the fact being told she could leave it for her, stays until 946. Yeah. She also says that the reason she got into fashion was the episode of Sex in the City where Carrie's in the fashion show, which I realize of, this is my generation I'm talking about. I think a lot of young women my age moved to New York and tried to like do the Sex in the City thing, but it still makes my heart sink just a little bit. Oh no, see, she saved it for me because she said, she wanted to be she a saw producer. the episode, she saw the person in the booth producing the show and she said, that's what I want to do. Yeah. If she'd been like, I want to be a Carrie, I'd be that's like, that's worse. Ugh. No, I'm with you, but she's still like, I don't know. Of people my age who say they moved to New York because of anything Sex in the City related, it's a little bit... Oh. Fair enough. Just say you want to go to New York. It's just as cool. Um, so then we're at the Fashion London. Back in London, real quick. We see the show. The like model... Hall. Yep. And Agnes Dean, the model, arrives. Estelle, the singer, arrives, who I love. Well, and I wrote, and none of these people are famous anymore. Nope. And then Kelly deals with some seat crashers. I also didn't get, apparently he's having the the fashion show at Guild Hall, which is a big, beautiful church, um, because his collection was inspired by a wedding. And I, other than a veil, I did not get that from that collection. No, other than the like purple wedding dress with the veil, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, no. the rest of it, I did not. I don't no. know. And it wasn't even a wedding dress. It was just had a sheet of veil on. Oh, I thought it was like his weird avant-garde wedding dress because it was sheer purple lace with a veil. No, I think and it that's was just what Kelly a dress. tells the model. She said, "I wish I looked this good on my wedding day." But I thought that was just because of the veil, because she's supposed to be mimicking a bride. But don't a lot of designers end their collection with a wedding dress, though? Maybe I don't know. I thought that's why Kelly said that. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to be nude at your wedding, it was completely see-through. I yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Um, so then we go back to New York, and is this the final scene? Pretty close to. Um, yeah. Okay. And Skinner and Muckamel, I don't know which night this is. I get very confused. And they sneak out of the office to go have wine at Sanctuary Tea. Well, what I don't get is, um, well, first there's a whole back and forth between Muckamel and Skinner about like, come on, let's just leave. Let's just leave. And he does a whole explosive diarrhea bit. And Skinner says like, I freak out. Like I'm The thought of leaving for two seconds makes me nervous that, like, Kelly or Robin or Emily are going to call and I'm going to lose my, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. And I went to the deli one time and I missed them and it was terrible. And Muckamel is just like, eh. And it just goes again to, and she's like, because she's like, Andrew just doesn't care because he's a guy and he knows that he's not going to get in as much trouble. Yeah. Because of Kelly's weird sexism thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, timeline don't know. So Friday night, she feels compelled to leave, stay until after nine thirty, and then whatever random day night this is or day this is, they go to dinner at two thirty four. Yeah, I they say down. dinner. Yeah. What I know, and I know bars and when's last call in New York? It's late. It's like four. 
Oh no, I thought it was 2.34 p.m. Oh, I don't know. That's the other thing. I said 2.34 question mark. I no, didn't no, no. know. P.m. It was light outside. Weird. Through the windows, you could see in the office light outside. It was 2.34 well, so p.m. when they were talking about it. Or bar stop cl- or serving at four. Okay. So when they were talking about it, I did notice it was light outside. But then when they are sitting at Sanctuary Tea, it is dark. Well, if it's actually late, or if it's actually fall. Right. Who knows? Um... <laughs> And if we've already, if daylight savings has already happened, it could be dark at five, six o'clock. So if they've been sitting there for a while, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. Because he says dinner. Let's leave early for dinner. And then they flash the clock. It's 2.34. It's really weird. This episode is all over the place. And why didn't they take Michelle? I don't know. They made her stay by herself? Yeah. And, and I, where's the Irish guy? Tim. I don't know. He was in the background like the whole episode, but he doesn't say anything. Oh, and we forgot to mention that when Voorhees got fired, we're pretty sure that we saw Alita. Yeah, in, in the, the background. background. Yeah. I don't know. And what I don't, I mean, I get that Skinner's nervous about her bosses and she's a worrywart and a hard worker. But you're really telling me as hard as you work and as many hours as you put in and you know Kelly, Robin, and Emily know that, they're going to rip your head off if you ran to a deli for five minutes? I could see that if it was during fashion week. Yeah. But like, I don't know. But yeah, with this chiller and like with phone, I mean, she said it'll come to my cell phone and just yeah. be like, oh, hi. You're I not ignoring their phone call. Yeah. Oh, and it's not blessing. We have, we have England again. Oh, and what do we do in London? We go back to London and that's when Kelly yells at everyone for sitting in the oh, wrong seat. seat crashers. But I wrote Kelly is being an ugly American because she full and says like in her confessional, like, did you really think that I was going to let these British girls steal my American friend's seats? And I'm like, well, you're in England, lady. I don't know. And then she talks about it with some writer and then some woman from the what? Like I hadn't heard of her. I hadn't heard of the thing she was from. Someone from who's in a band. Yeah, but I, I hadn't heard of the band. Me either. Um, and it was Derek Blazeberg was the writer. Okay. Yeah. Um, he, he looked like a menswear writer. An yeah. American menswear writer. I also forgot my favorite part about them at Sanctuary Tea. Oh, I assumed he was like a fiction writer. Oh, I don't know. We could look him up too. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I assumed he was some kind of like an author. I assume when Kelly says writer, she means like. Well, because he didn't have a tag. It didn't say like GQ or menswear or whatever. I like she said writer. Uh, who knows? I mean, it's not important. I just thought it was funny that she More was... importantly, how long is his resume? Yeah. Well, just, well, if you're, how many books have you written? It's important in that, too. Oh, and acting. When you're acting, it depends how long your resume is. <laughs> um, but I forgot my favorite part about when they were at Sanctuary Tea, because they're talking about how they've just been eating cookies and cupcakes, and one of their friends... Oh, yeah, they meet their friends there, by the way. Yeah. They took that... So it, it went from them sneaking out for a glass of wine on the clock to them sitting down with friends. Like a table of six. And one of their friends says, see, people in fashion do eat. And Andrew says, we're not in fashion, we're in slave labor. (laughs) Um, And Skinner confesses that she's had 12 cookies and five cupcakes. That's a lot. I'm down for it. Yeah. I liked it. That's a lot, though. Yeah. I can see why she supplements with her venti Starbucks constantly. Yeah. Which I often can do sometimes. That's it. That was a clusterfuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was like one of our sloppiest and most confusing episodes <laughs> ever. ever. Um, and next week we get um, a really hot guy and trash go on a date. Oh, um, yeah. Andrew S. Yeah. His date's yeah. not cute either. Oh, I thought his date was cute. Oh, you did? Yeah, I thought he was too cute for him. Um, and Skinner has a breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets into a fight with Emily. Yeah. 
That'll be good. All right. Um, that's it. <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebe at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>